a story, fill up the pages, sing a little song, keep me around, keep me with you, right by your nightstand, keep me around, as long as you can. We're going to do a cold open or just dive straight into it? Go ahead and do your cold thing. My whole thing? Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of ADD Storytelling, the podcast in which we, myself being Tucker and Maddie, explore the myths, <laughs> legends, and tales of our time, the past, present, and future, in no particular order, and sometimes with less than perfect focus. How's it going, Maddie, our beautiful neurodivergent host? I think it's going pretty good. Yeah? Uh, we had brunch today. We did. We were spirited away on a... Spirited away to brunch. Lunch adventure. Brunch. Yeah. So we've kind of got, you know, those the sleepy post brunch energy coursing through our veins. Yeah. And one thanks part for blood, people one... like Aaron who wrote in to ask about my health. I'm better this week. So oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Aaron for being an active listener with the emails and queries. Appreciated <laughs> and noted. Yeah. Yeah. So. My blood is one part blood and another part mimosa today, so let's let's dig in. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about the mythology of certain trees. Not exciting trees, just normal trees that are around. People have things about them. So not like an Idrisil Norse world tree or nope. the Erd tree of Elden Ring fame? No, more like the yew tree, the ah. blackthorn tree, Oak trees, an elder I'm- tree. Oak tree could be mentioned. They all factor into a lot of different stories, like creation myths. Usually people were fashioned from right. new wood or oak. I am a little bit skipping over the creation myth ones, because I feel like we'll do a creation myth thingy yeah. at some point. By thingy, do you mean episode? Right. Ah, okay. Episode is what I mean, yes, and exactly. By theory, thingy. <laughs> so this is like a botany episode. Botany Myth episode, and the two books that for sure I'm using, and one that I might be using. Uh, the first one is Wicked Plants by an Amy Stewart, and then the Botanical Folktales of Britain and Ireland from Lisa Shidna- Shid- okay. Schneidow. Yeah. All right. Wow. S-H- your first, t- your first uh, run at that was quite different than the second. Uh, it's um, <laughs> S-C-H-N-E-I-D-A-U, so sorry. Schneidow. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, that one. <laughs> and then one I might use, depending on the time frame, is The Witch's Cabinet, Plant Lore, Sorcery, and Folk Tradition by Corinne Boyer. And that this is the gift from The Tucker. And Cindy. And Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. That book's got some wicked illustration in it. It's very good. Yeah, it's cool. Ooh. We start... With the you tree. Me? You. Yeah, what about me? Y-E-W. You. Um, yes. That was, that was a moment for yucks yuck, that I was yuck, like, yuck, attempting yuck, to yuck. elicit. The you tree. All right. So you said this is going to be like a botany episode. So there's some botany and there's some... Magic. Tales also. Tales. Folk tales. Magical folk tales? There's a couple of magical ones. Interesting. Yes. Any bears? Not sure about bears. Not going to be a horde of bears killing boys this time? 
I don't know. It's not the Bible episode. It's crazy. Okay. Yew trees. Bring the heat. Highly toxic. Really? Really exciting. Like the bark or the leaves or it's tree blood being sapped? Basically, every part of the yew is poisonous with the exception of the flesh of its red berry-like fruit. But the seed itself is toxic. So if you eat the seed and the fruit, you'll still die, (laughs) which is interesting. Wow. Someone went to great lengths to figure that out. Yeah. Someone just tasted most every bit of this land stick, as I call trees. And uh, (laughs) land stick. Okay. I just I like the logistics of going out, going out a berry and. I'm imagining they're small little berries. Yeah, so they're smallish, and the the flesh part is called an arrow, and it's sweet, so children actually would eat it. Yeah, and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then someone was watching that occur and figured, hey, let's try just taking seed out. So interesting. Why? Why even bother well, with it? I, I think they found out probably if, like, somebody ate the fruit and not the seed because they don't like seeds or whatever, and they're like, oh, they're still alive after eating you stuff. That's interesting. But, like, livestock and shit will just eat the whole thing and then die. And there's a thing from... That would make them dead stock, Maddie. Yeah. Eating just a few seeds or a handful of leaves will bring on gastrointestinal symptoms, dangerous drop in pulse rate, possible heart failure. So one medical manual mournfully noted that many victims never described their symptoms because they were found dead. So that's interesting. And yew trees are pretty common. Yes, indeed. So yew trees are kind of known as the graveyard tree, especially in Britain, where our tale is going to be from. And this earned that name not for its ability to send people to an early grave, even though it is extremely toxic, but because Roman invaders began offering church services in the shade of yew trees, hoping it would appeal to the pagan population. Would that hope for appealing be rooted in some kind of pagan association or... With the yew tree, like there is a general tradition to plant certain trees in cemeteries because of like the nature of the tree seems to relate to either the mourning of the living or the like peace of the dead. So like weeping willows, yew trees, things like that are usually planted in cemeteries because they're like sort of there for funerary rites. Which the article actually in the um and the witch's cabinet talks about that. If you're interested in talking more about cemeteries right now, I kind of am. Okay. Um, I'm just curious because, like, did the pre-Roman Anglo-Saxons have kind of an affinity for yew trees as like symbols of the afterlife or transcending this life? Is that why the I don't know the Romans pushed for this? The tree itself is native to Europe, Northwest Africa, the Middle East, and parts of Asia. So it's a pretty common tree, like over there. Yeah, we don't want none of it here, though. <laughs> and the fun, another fun thing about graveyards. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things in graveyards. Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, "Thy fibers net the dreamless head; thy roots are wrapped about the bones." Because an ancient churchside yew in the English village of Selborne was toppled during a storm in 1990, and the bones of a long ago dead were found tangled in its roots. So that's interesting. That's fucking awesome, right? <laughs> it's really cool. That's tight. Okay, let's look into the funerary trees before we get on to you tales, because I think that's going to have more like of a, a fairy element. And I, I don't mind spending some time on plant graveyards okay. in my life. No. And it'll kind of give a little bit of a thing. The Greeks, Romans, and Northwestern Europeans all associated the yew tree with mourning 
and this belief has continued unconsciously into modern times. Still planted next to funeral homes, etc. Really? In England and Wales, it's customary to carry branches of yew trees to funerals and place it into the grave of the beloved. In hmm. late medieval funerals, sprigs of yew were tucked into the shrouds of the dead. So garlands of yew, rosemary, and willow were placed in the coffins of unhappy lovers. Some customs tell. And then the roots of yew trees in Brittany... Unhappy lovers? That's right. Into their coffins? Yes. How? What constitutes an unhappy lover in death? Like Not a widow or a widower? Sure. Maybe they're like killed each other because they were upset. Yeah, like a domestic violence. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that Virgil, would be that's terrible. That's pretty wild. And the ancient poet Virgil wrote a thing about old you. Apparently, the trees they they plant them next to the funeral homes and the graveyards because like the roots are gonna grow into the mouths of the dead to keep them from talking. Jesus Christ, that's metal. I love it. <laughs> it's really gross. But um, here's a little poem. It says, Old you, which graspest at the stones, that names the underlying dead. Thy fibers net the dreamless head. The roots are wrapped around the bones. It's a lot like Tennyson's. Ooh. Does the yew tree have more crawling type roots as compared to, say, other trees? They're really, like, gnarly looking. They look yeah. like creepy Halloween trees. And they're uh-huh. sh- kind of short and stocky, so they're, like, gnarled looking. Yeah. Extremely gnarled. And this ties back to our previous episode. They're super related to Persephone and the Underworld and Hectate's Garden. So Hectate is the, like, new moon version of the triple moon goddess, Sitch, mm-hmm. in Greek stuff. Like, okay. the dark moon goddess. So that just sounds like the Hecate. name of a Castlevania. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, always I wonder pronounce if they it have... Hectate, even though it's Hecate, and I don't know why I do that. I, I do the same. I wonder if their the vine networks are just a lot more kind of, not invasive necessarily, but more like ivy creeper crawly under the surface of the earth. Because it seems interesting that they specifically really tend to go to town on our the corpse boys. But... It's the same thing in Greek mythology. The willow tree is sacred to Circe, Hecate, and Persephone, all of which are death aspects of the goddess so an old connection with mourning interesting legends told that circe lived on an island of funeral willows on which corpses hung from the tops of trees and weeping willows obviously are tears sadness they look yeah really sentimental those trees romantic and sentimental at the same time i feel they look forlorn yeah they look i don't know they're just they call them weeping willows for that reason yeah i mean they're all just downcast physically Mm-hmm. Also, yew trees protect things from, you know, evil spirits. So if you plant it in the cemetery, you're keeping the demons away, keeping the dead from talking. You're getting those those little resurrecty zombies out of the way. They're like a nullifying element. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Aren't bows traditionally made from yew? You yew could wood? make things from yew trees, yeah. Also, like, like wands. Yeah, that's like magic wands. No wands. I think a lot of bows are made from you. A few other funerary trees. The northwestern coastal peoples, which are around here, one of their sacred trees are red cedar trees. Mm. They, you know, mm. can do clothing and arts and totem poles and all of those things from homes and boats. Yeah, all the stuff. So often, food. You can eat cedar. Yes, food too. They use them as funerary trees also, so rather burying or burning their dead. 
they placed their dead in grave houses made from cedar wood and sometimes held cedar boxes on top of carved totem poles, like holding bones of people. The deceased were also placed within the tree boughs in a canoe or box, along with all of their possessions. So that's interesting. interesting. It's like a sky burial meets a Viking funeral. Yeah, so even like over, you know, where we went to the whole rainforest? Yeah. This was like a kind of thing that they did over there traditionally back in the day. Wow, that would be a sight amongst like those lichen-infested trees. Yeah, to find dead things? Yeah. That would be really cool. Dead man in a boat? This is also the second week in a row in which our tales have had elements of airships, as I'm going to call this, which I neglected last week to point out is one of Maddie's favorite things in this world, are airships. Oh yeah, I paint airships. Yes. It's like a thing. It's the thing you do. I just like flying things. Especially with dead boys in them. That's <laughs> the thing. I Most haven't of made a spooky, air... a spooky boat. You should make a spooky boat. So that's cool. That is cool. I love that. Um, that was an interesting, though, hard segue to Red Cedar. Are we talking that now? Or? No. I was also going to mention the Black Elder Tree, because we're going to talk about an elder tree later. It has connections with death as well. And if you put an elder stick, like a stick of elder, over a grave, and it, if it grew, it was a sign that the deceased was happy in the afterlife. Huh. And where, where was this uh, tradition? Probably Europe. We're back to Europe now? I think so. In Austria, it tells if an elder stick was fashioned into a cross, then set on a newly made grave, and proceeded to make flowers, like elder flowers, uh-huh. like I, I really love. Elden Ring, which I really love. <laughs> it was a sign that the deceased had reached paradise. And that just reminds me of the story of, and you know, because it's macabre and death related, but tales that um, mandrake roots would gl- grow uh, and be found underneath gallows, because apparently they were said to be nourished by the earth where blood was pooling from those that were, had died. Yeah, blood is good fertilizer. Yeah. His thing. Is that a real legitimate thing you're saying? Or are you just having a fun go? Well, I mean, people bury fish and things like that. Well, yeah, I mean, any organic material, but I don't think blood is the part that you want to bury. I was being facetious. That's what I was asking. You're indeed, having a fun indeed, go indeed with me. Oh, also, there's apparently an old saying, back to elder trees, that hawthorn blooms and elder flowers. Hawthorn's a different tree. Fill the house with evil powers. Is that... That's a fun rhyme. Mm-hmm. And so this wait, is, can you say it one more time? Because that's very fun. Hawthorne blooms and elder flowers fill the house with evil powers. Hawthorne blooms and elder flowers fill the house with evil powers. Both of those trees are also highly associated with the fair folk or fairies or that sort of thing. Oh, the fairy folk? Yeah. Hawthorne is supposed to be sort of protective. The thorns themselves are supposed to have like lots of fairy associations. And the flowers of both plants were basically unlucky to bring indoors for funeral because they were often used for funeral rites but also the supernatural energy of the fairies is really highly associated with them i don't break that in your house you're gonna take your boy right yeah it'll it'll go all the way back to our first episode back to the changeling shit you're an old man boy looking like a log one good thing about you is instead of all the creepy things in the early all the creepy things were objectively good things yeah yeah i'm into them but this is like a not death related thing. I mean, because mm-hmm. you know, obviously people used it for poison and blah 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 a bunch because you, you just easily do that. But in the 1960s, a team of researchers from the National Cancer Institute discovered that you at extract 
had potent anti-tumor properties. Really? So now the drug paclitaxel or taxol is used to fight ovarian breast and lung cancers and shows promise for many others. Huh. It's just one, one, another healing poison. Yeah. Let's tie it back to another episode. Yeah. It's all connected. There is a nice little story about the yew tree. So, apparently the oldest yew trees in Britain are estimated to be over 5,000 years old, but the other person, that's oh, what this one says, but the other one that I read from the botany thing was saying it's hard to tell after a few hundred years old they are, so. Hmm. Any, any reason for that? The yew is a slow-growing evergreen that can live two to three centuries, but it's difficult to date mature trees because the dense wood won't, doesn't always produce ring. Oh. Rings. Okay. So there I you go. I kind of thought we were, I thought the scientific botany community had kind of moved past just counting rings. Nope. No, it's too that's hard. Still the, still the way. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. There's no other metric by which you can age a tree. You just cut it in half and count. I guess maybe you could like radiocarbon date it that's or what I was some thinking. shit. Yeah, I have I no idea. I feel like there's a, certainly other ways other than counting the rings. Okay, so this is the forest of the yew, is what the the tale is called. And the Tilwith Teg are Welsh fairy people, so corresponding to, like, the city in Ireland and the fairy folk in England and Scotland. So this comes from the, the Poi. I have no the idea how to say any folk. of this. I'm so sorry to any of you that are Welsh and or can speak Gaelic because I got nothing. I'm not because being Welsh is their god. In my defense, Gaelic is mostly a almost like Don't do it. Standard. You're gonna kill the language. Well, it's not dead because I know someone who speaks it. But really, who do you know that speaks Gaelic? My um friend, acquaintance from graduate school, speaks Gaelic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Because they're like of the the Gaelic persuasion. The Gaelic persuasion, indeed. Familiarly know Gaelic. Also, they were gonna be an English teacher, so that makes sense. Yes, yeah. You know. All those literary majors, they always want to learn Latin or whatever. Them book types be loving Latin and they Gaelic. Book types, <laughs> them book types like me. <laughs> I don't have any patience. Okay, so, so here we go. In a place called Mathavarn in Lanrin, there is a wood called something in a different language. Come on, go for it. It's like Frid Yur Yuen. Tight. Is what I'm reading in English. Don't know how to read it in not English. <laughs> it's called Gaelic. Or the forest of the yew. It survived the onslaught of the longbow and the destruction of the yews. Hey, like you were saying about bows. Mm -hmm. Mainly because local people were nervous of the place. It is said that the Tilwith Teg lived there. And there were fairy circles all over the ground. Tilwigate. I believe. I think? No. I'm pulling that out of my ass. Fairy circles on the ground. In the middle of this wood, the greatest yew tree of all was said to spread its great branches over a fairy circle called the Dancing Place. Many years ago, two it's farm enchanting. workers, Iago and Twim. Wow, okay. Twim is my new favorite name. Twim rips. Well, it's T-W-M. I added a vowel sound. Mm. Went it's like out the sound of an arrow hitting. Boom. I'm going to say it's Twim. Went out to the forest of the yew to do some work on a mild winter's day. Early in the afternoon, the mist rose from the ground and the sky became a little too dark for comfort. 
Sun must be setting already, said Iago. Reckon we should make for home, said Twim. Wind's howling, said Geralt. <laughs> they retraced their steps, with leaves and twigs crunching under their feet, until they came to the great yew tree in the middle of the woods, which I feel like they're going in instead of out. They're going the wrong way. This place was still and calm, and the mist had lifted. The air was bright with winter sun, and the water glistened from every dark frond of the yew. The tree's berries gleamed red and bright. They had been too hasty. It wasn't getting dark at all. They couldn't go home yet. So they both sat down with their backs against the great yew trunk and decided to take a nap. After some time... There's a lot of that in European folktales. Taking a nap? Yeah, just leaning up against a tree and just conking out for a few. (laughs) They get tired real easily. Yeah. After some time, Twim woke up and looked around. Yaga was gone. Frick. (laughs) That's not good. That's not like him, said Are you reading this for the first time? Yeah. That's awesome. I skimmed it. So I knew it was interesting, but I kind of didn't want to spoil it for myself. Uh I must have been asleep longer than I thought, said Twim. Perhaps he's gone back to the village already. Yeah, like he wouldn't wake you up. So Twim walked home through the twilight, and if anyone asked him where Iago was, he said he went home earlier. But Iago was still missing the next morning, and now Twim was questioned closely about what had happened. He confessed about the nap under the great yew tree. They searched for Iago through the forest and the whole district, and after a few days, Twim went to the local... No idea. Conjurer. (laughs) The conjurer looked worried. We'll call him Bips. There is only one thing you can do. Go to the same place where you and Twim slept. It's the dancing place. Go there exactly a year after he was lost, on the same day, and at the same time. Whatever you do, do not step into the fairy ring. The boy will come out to dance. When he gets close to you... The boy will? Iago? Iago, yeah. When he gets close to you... Not just a boy. Snatch him out of there as quickly as you can. A long year's wait later. That seems like a really long time. Yeah, I feel like that's a plan B while you're looking for Iago. I hope that this this wasn't just like, all right, that's how we'll handle this as he's missing. (laughs) Yeah. Or wait a year. Yeah, it's fine. Then go nap again under the dancing tree. A long year's wait later, Twim stood within a safe distance of the great yew on the same day at the same time as the year before. This time, a light rain pattered on the dark green fronds of the yew. Merry music started from somewhere below the ground, and Iago appeared, dancing madly under the tree with all the little people of Twilith Teg. They were no taller than his knee, whirling shadows of brown and gold and green. Twim took a deep breath, and without stepping forward, he reached out for Iago's hand to pull him clear. The two lads both flew back and landed hard on the forest floor, and instantly the music stopped. Twim looked at Iago. He was a thin, pale heap of skeleton, with little energy to collect himself. What have they done to you? cried Twim. Did they not give you food? No, said Iago, staggering to his feet, but I'm sure I had some food in my pockets. He pulled out both his pockets, but they were empty. Strange, I was sure I'd got food this morning before I came out. Oh well, time for home. Iago had no idea that he'd been away dancing for a full year. As soon as he returned home and tasted food, his poor body withered away to nothing.
feel like that tale probably has a lot of parallels in the city of Berlin in modern day times where, you know, two friends will just be hanging out and then one will be lost to the club scene for about a week straight until the other needs to go and find Joffrey and bring him back. Joffrey, why? What has happened to you? Joffrey, huh? Joffrey is a common Berlin name, yeah, in the club scene specifically, but yeah. Joffrey, you're so, you're so weak and emaciated and pale. Yes, the, the the Molly fairies kept me up and dancing all week without needing to eat or drink water. Now come home. Let's have a biscotti. Classic Berlin things. Biscotti is Italian. I know. Anyway, <laughs> you queer plant plant witch. What are we doing now? The elder tree witch. Mm. Elder trees are super witchy because you know they have the elder flower. Which you can make all the syrups and liqueurs. the liqueur. liqueur and the, um, you know, syrup. I already said syrup. You did, but say it again. Perfumes. Mm-hmm. All the things uh, from the beautiful. Cream. Hand cream. Mm-hmm. I love elderflower in general. You do. Sparkling water. Mm. Sparkling water. Big fan of that. Yeah. I think it's also in limoncello, is it not? I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I feel like it is. You're the resident you make- expert. If you make limoncello, let me know. Okay. So, the berries in the wood of the elder tree. I gotta say, Maddie's doing a lot of hand gestures this episode. It's very good. It's like she's... What, you don't like that? <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. But the... It's great. No, you're, it's like you're bewitching me this whole time. You're just giving me jazz hands. Yeah, so the elder tree, mm-hmm. you can use it for wands. You can. You could use it for, like, witchy stuff. So, like... If you're going to do like, a cross or like some sort of, well, that's not really a witchy, a cross. No. More like cemetery-ish. Like anti, anti-witch. Anti-witch. Yeah. Well, you can also fight witches with it. It attracts <laughs> a bunch of, so there's a lot of. You can of, also make stakes out of it with which to kill a vampire, vampire. Yeah, sure. Elder sticks. Elder sticks. The berries are good for charms, like protective charms, fairy charms to like repel and attract fairies, that sort of stuff. Okay. Kind of a MacGuffin fairy or a MacGuffin berry? Yeah. If you're talking about really protective stuff, you want to go to the rowan tree. The heart of a rowan tree is like super protective in general. You want some of this protective gear, you're going to want to go to a rowan tree. And like strings of rowan berries are supposed to help protect you from fairy enchantment and oh, yeah. stuff like that. That's what they say about old rowan wood. Rowan wood, yeah. Also, rowan wood, very good for killing vampires, like you said. Vampires. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Did I just stumble onto something that actually has faces and folklore? Uh-huh. Oh. Damn, I'm good. Eddie Husel, the Elder Tree Witch, is the tale we're reading now. It is. Yay. Let's dive in. And this is, again, from, like, Scotland, British, Britain. Scotland, British. Wait. Britain and Ireland. Britain from Ireland is west. Okay. <laughs> there was a farm close to Knighton. It's probably like a British way to say that. That's not Knighton, even though it's spelled Knighton. Like, Renich. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Horse sisters. And it's not good land around there, but the farmer did his best with it. He had a few cows, and they gave fine milk. Fine milk? Fine. Fine. That is some, that's in an some interesting descriptor for milk. Decent, good. Like, very fine. That's some fine milk. Yeah, I yeah. didn't... <laughs> All right. Thinking of like a wine... Or, sorry, a, a milk sommelier. A fine wine, but milk. Yeah. It's yeah. a milk connoisseur. Except it doesn't rhyme like fine wine does. No, you need a... Mm. Silk milk? Yeah, silk milk would work. No, I got nothing that rhymes with milk. Ilk. 
Brad Wilk. Ilk, milk, ilk, sort of rhymes. Okay. Any whistle. There weren't any woods on the farm, but there were good stout hedges, and the farmer was glad they had no elder in them. Everyone knew. In the hedges? That's right. All right. Everyone knew that if you tried to chop down an elder tree, it would turn into a witch who would chase you until you crossed running water, and he didn't like the sound of that. No, but like ghosts, uh, witches can't cross water. That's it why is, you never have to worry about witches on cruise ships. There is, is some of the sort of like protective. So <laughs> there is like a folkloric protective elements of like rivers and running waters as barriers. I think a lot of the, like if you're talking about real world stuff, it's like a, a actual barrier. It's hard to get across, yeah. and then also traces of somebody like scent and things like that disappear through water. Yeah. So I think it's like a thing you can imbue it with a protective barrier energy also the cleansing nature of water yeah and cleaning and washing away mm-hmm. of grime and then you just kind of tarnish i just feel like because water is so inherent to our survival and our genetic and life, makeup it is life-giving yeah so it would therefore be antithetical to death being able to promulgate in water a lot of potent symbolism magic energy it's and whatever since in every culture, probably since the beginning of time, relates to water. Yeah. So that makes sense. Also, water in antiquity was one of those, a formidable barrier for a lot of people and cultures. Traveling on water was an extreme difficulty. So. Yeah. Anywho, he didn't like the sound of that. No. <laughs> the witch. <laughs> but there came a time when someone or something was stealing milk. From the farmer's cows. Not his fine milk. His fine milk. His finest milk. <laughs> it sounds very good when you say it. <laughs> oh no, my heifer's tit juice has been stolen. <laughs> he couldn't afford the loss, so he got up during the night to go and check on the cows. This is going to set me back. And to spy on anyone who was stealing. He went up to the top field, and there was a shadow of a small tree up by the hedge. A tree he didn't remember being there. A gangly, dark tree. An elder an elder tree yeah the farmer was in all a cold sweat and he drove the cows into the little home pasture but the chain was gone from the gate and he couldn't fasten it so he used a big stone against it to keep it shut how he just like shoved a stone oh like a large boulder into a gate so that it would stay closed oh i see it just kind of wedged it yeah later on he told his wife and daughter what he'd seen you girt fool said his wife did you draw across in the mud at this side of the gate no, he hadn't. The daughter was at the window, and she went as pale as a ghost. It's out in the pasture, out there right now among the cows. It's an elder tree. She started shrieking and running to- round the house, closing all the shutters. Hmm. That's pretty good. I'm... The old granny in the corner by the fire sat and listened and no said one puts nothing. granny in the corner. She laid a big iron shovel among the red-hot embers. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm ready for changelings again. Yep. And raked in a bundle of sticks. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Of yeah. ashwood to burn I well. I see what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not gonna say that. The farmer was a brave man, and his cows were important to him. He puffed out his chest. Wife, go and fetch the silver button that came off my Sunday coat. God, how much I've wanted to say that. Exactly. <laughs> she sewed it back on. Happened. But she snipped off the button and brought it to him. By the time he had loaded his gun with the button, 
His daughter had swung the crossbar down against the back door, and the granny had gotten the iron shovel nice and hot. Iron, good against fairies. Mm-hmm. Bad against babies. <laughs> then the wife opened the front door of the farmhouse a crack, and the farmer looked out. There was the tree, in among his cows, so he couldn't take a long shot for fear of hitting one of them. Yeah, especially you you're shooting a button out of a shotgun? Heck yeah. That's not going to be the most accurate That's uh, not going to fly armament. straight. No. no. It's going to fly gay. It... <laughs> I'll have to go out there, he said. Hold the door open and let me out and in again if I have to run for it. Yeah, that's how doors work, honey. But sure, I will. Out he went, trembling all over to save his cows. He had to get too close for comfort to take aim, and he couldn't keep the gun steady. The silver button missed by a long way. <laughs> Great. Job. The tree yelled out, and so did the farmer, and she leapt after him, and he leapt too, and she came brushing after him, and he ran towards the door as quick as he could. This is the tree. That's right. It's not a the witch tree at this witch. point. Well, is it a witch? They've only been saying tree. Yeah, but it's the tree witch, because the title of it was Tree Witch. I understand that, but this whole time in my mind's eye, I've just seen a, like, a brooding, formidable, creepy tree. Well, if you chop an elder tree down, it turns into a witch. Yeah, I know. Chased you. So it, that's what's happening. It's turning into a witch, the okay. tree. He didn't do badly for a man of his circumference. <laughs> and his wife slammed the door shut so quickly she caught his coattails in it. But she managed him. to drop the iron bar down. And there they all were inside the house. Yep. That's, they could that's hear what the, was conveyed from the previous words. They could hear the tree's branches scraping and rattling outside. And the tree shrieking like a high gale. But she couldn't get in. Trouble the doors and windows as she might. The wife and daughter were shrieking as well, and the fellow, <laughs> the farmer bellowed like a bull calf trying to get his coattails free and to be out to his cows again. He had the courage, but not the right knowledge. Don't we all? The old granny was quiet. I know granny's gonna come in. She's the ringer. Right? The, the, granny's the ringer. She got up from the hearth with a girt shovel of burning coals, and she said to the daughter, Open the back door wide. And the girl did. When the elder tree came at the back door, shrieking and leaping, the granny threw the red-hot coals all over her and then calmly shut the door, and they all saw the blue flames, bleeding twigs, and cackling tree through the window, and there was no more shrieking after that. After a while, granny took the ash cattle prod and went outside. The heap of ashes was cold already, and she made a crisscross in the ashes with the ash stick. The farmer could now free his coattails and go out to see the cows. He's been stuck in the door this whole time. (laughs) Then the neighbors all came, and there was celebration, for they said that was the end of the Madame Windicombe, the witch. But it wasn't to be. They found out she was still around, and so was the old black witch over at Stayart. Start? I feel like suddenly there's a lot more lore being injected at the very end of this. Was Madame Whitcomb a player previously I, I in guess. this town and city, and then the black witch of Stackholt? Then What's someone that? told them that old Raggly Liddy at Doddington had been burned to death, so that that's who it is was. is a title. Old Raggedy Lydia of Bellingworth? Old Raggy Liddy of, at Doddington. Raggy Liddy at Doddington. I, I missed all of those. Uh, mm-hmm. Old Raggy. Old Raggy Liddy. Well, that was a great story. Yeah, that's a very good story. That was dope. I loved it. Let's go to now the other fairy tree, the Blackthorn Tree. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, hit me with those jazz hands. Blackthorn is said to be a keeper of dark secrets, and bad-tempered if you're not careful. 
The term blackthorn winter described the blackthorn tree's habit of coming into blossom just before a cold, harsh snap of winter arrived in spring. Interesting. It's a winter blooming tree. Once again, it's a, a larger gnarled evergreen type. I have nothing in my mind. It's not an evergreen. No, I'm uh, just thinking of the yew. It's a normal tree looking ah. thing that's like deciduous of some sort, and it grows a lot of thorns. Okay. So like long thorns, and you can... Thorny boy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, for fairy tales, thing comes to mind, like a crown of black thorns. Yes. That sort of stuff. Yeah. This one's really short. Comes from Oxfordshire. 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 <laughs> yeah. Another farmer. <laughs> Always. There was once a farmer, and those who farmed around him doubted his commitment to the job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's great. That's a way to start a story. <laughs> I do feel like that paints a very concise and uh, filled out picture of this individual, though. Okay. Uh, that one's There's just... once a farmer. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> Moving on. That one's just in it for the money, they said. Uh, that one shouldn't be given care of the land. Not if it's to be looked after proper. Yeah. Well, there was a big blackthorn tree right in the middle of one of this farmer's fields. That's quite an unusual thing to find a blackthorn tree on its own, growing proud from its gnarled, bostled trunk. Goodness knows how long it had been growing there. Blackthorn tree blossomed in the early spring, always after an unusually mild spell, and just before a return to freezing and blustery weather came along. In the spring, it sent out many little green leaves to hide its long, sharp thorns. And in the autumn, it produced an abundance of little, round, hard, cloudy black fruits, which the farmer's men would gather when he wasn't looking. The tiny birds made their home there, and little animals made most of the fruits. Everyone knew the blackthorn tree. One spring morning, just after the blossom on the tree had come out, the farmer announced, That blackthorn tree is coming down today. Damn thing is nothing but a nuisance. He called to his farmhands to help him out, but they all refused. You bloody fools, said the farmer. What's your problem? One of the men looked bashful. Well, there's fairies that looked after that tree. They bury their gold there. Brings luck to the farm. I'll play no part in harming that tree. The other men murmured their agreement. Ha! said the farmer. Fairies? Gold? You idiots. This is my land. If there's any gold, it's mine. There are no fairies. What a load of old rubbish. <laughs> so all on his own, the farmer took an axe to the luck tree that was, unknown to him, the life of the farm. The axe chopped and chopped. The sap of the blackthorn tree ran red like blood, and still the farmer chopped. Oh, then the blackthorn fell, but not before a good few long sharp thorns made bloody work of the farmer's fingers and ripped at his clothes. Once the tree was down, and lying sorry on the ground, the farmer couldn't help himself. He dug under the roots of the tree to see if there was any gold. You got it. But there wasn't any. Ah. Only a heap of withered leaves. Oh, beans. A load of rubbish, said the farmer. Just like the fairies. Then he turned around, and there was his whole farm burned to nothing but glowing ash, and a laughing voice said, What a shit. load of old rubbish. Oh. <laughs> That's fuck. This is good. It's so good. Good, like, traditional gothic folk horror tales. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like a creepy tree episode. It's a creepy pasta of trees. Should we call it the creepy trees? We can absolutely call it the creepy trees. I have tree mythology here, but I like the creepy trees better. I like the spooky land sticks. 
I do too, but you can just say that's your title for the episode. Now I'll call it the creepy trees. I'm gonna call it the spooky land sticks. Okay, here's the last one we got. This was the juniper tree. Oh, this one's all gonna be about gin. About gin. More jazz hands. Love it. So juniper tree. Together with you and Scott's pine, juniper is one of the only three native conifers in Britain and Ireland. The charity tree plant facts. In these places, Ireland and Scotland, juniper was used as protection against evil forces. Never tell a secret under a juniper tree because they are gossips, as this cautionary tale clearly demonstrates. I see a, a commonality. So, so far, Elden, Don't be a dick. Well, Elden Ring, Juniper, and Rowan are all protective trees, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Elder is also not protective, though. Yeah, it's right. It's the MacGuffin tree. Yeah. It's in between. This story comes from Buckinghamshire. <laughs> Maddie just... I, it's, it doesn't sound real. So much pent-up, like, frustration with British naming was just conveyed by your expression. It just feels like it's, like, three square miles, and they're like, this is Buckinghamshire. Then you go over to... <laughs> uh, Wendell Pinchings. Yeah, whatever, you know? Then off to Clifton Bits. Any such name like that. Rendleshire Havens. It's a thing. For sure it's a thing. Buckle snaps down lips. From Buckinghamshire. The juniper tree is all it's called. Mm. There was a mill beneath a steep chalk down. I don't know what that means at all. Steep chalk down? Like a hill of chalk? A cliff yeah, of like chalk? sediment. Something. That makes sense. On the down, many juniper bushes grew. Are they bushes or trees? Tell us, botanist. That's the thing. I feel like it's always a bush. I always felt like it was a... I hear a tree and bush. Maybe it's just like a bush that can become tree? Poses the question of how big a bush gotta be before bush be tree. How big, how big is your bush before your bush is a tree? <laughs> I'll let you know in another week. Okay, so stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Okay. You're charmed by me. Many juniper bushes grew. Squat, spiky, and bearing dark berries. The juniper bushes were dotted all over the bare hillside. It's not a bare hillside if it's covered in juniper juniper bushes. Other than the juniper, it was bare. Not much happened in that place, and nobody came by. His bald scalp, aside from his lush hair. Junipers are gossips. Nearly as bad as pine trees. And they get bored very easily. In this quiet, chalky place. Okay, we're really putting a lot of personality on plants here. <laughs> the older juniper bushes were so bored that they started to die out from their middles and collapse in desperation. The only people the juniper bushes ever saw brought their corn and carts along the track down by the river. Junipers gossip about them constantly and thought how nice it would be if they did something interesting. <laughs> Other than just carry their shit back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> then it happened. One day, a man crept over the down with a sack of stolen corn on his back. Oh, a mm, corn bandit. Corn thief. <laughs> he tiptoed past the juniper bushes, offered the stolen corn to the miller, and the miller welcomed him as if he had known all along. Is this a corn racket? Is this like a corn fence? Soon, every juniper for miles knew all about it also. They were so excited that in only a few hours... 
the village constable also heard, and he brought along others with him to that via lonely the, place. Via the bushes, the constable heard. That's right. right. The junipers gossiped so fucking much that they alerted the constable that the corn was stolen. Love it. <laughs> the con- he brought others along with him, the constable, to that lonely place to arrest the robbers. The thief and the miller were also tried and convicted, and that gave the junipers even more to, death. to gossip about. Yes. They were put on the wheel, all their bones broken, mangled, rolled down the hill. So, don't steal corn. I haven't met a gossipy juniper, but I, I love it. I, I love no, it. No, you haven't? Very, very much. Oh. It's, like, extremely exciting to me. Just walking by a bush, and it's like, Jenny's a bitch. Jenny's a bitch? Yeah, I'm a juniper bush, man. Jenny's a bitch, and her hair smells bad. Okay. So you mentioned oak trees. I have one more about oaks. Do you want to hear it? Boy, fucking howdy, do I do. Okay, this is Judge Popham's oak. That's British, right? I mean, I feel like I don't need to ask that, because Judge Popham is definitely going to be a British man. Here, they have a little thing about him. Sir John Popham was born in 1531, the son of Bridgewater MP. I I don't know what that stands for. Mr. Person. His mother came from St. Donut's Castle in Glamorgan. The most British fucking thing ever. Popham rose to become the Lord Chief Justice of England and uh-huh. a wealthy landowner with his main residence at Wellington, Somerset. Uh-huh. He was involved in the trial of Mary, Queen of Scots, 1587, and presided over the trials of Sir Walter Riley, 1603, and Guy Fawkes, 1606. Damn. For commoners in Elizabethan and early Stuart England, stealing pretty much anything, even food if you were starving, resulted in the death penalty by hanging. Sweet. Good. So we're talking oak? Oak. Yeah. Sir John Popham, the hanging judge. Fuck. <laughs> That's a name. I hang judge? children for stealing bread is what that title says. It's Why were you getting children though? Fucking Pirates of the Caribbean when they're like hanging the kid for his, oh, who so has just, braces. That's all you though. I but. I mean, I'm sure the guy has hung Jean Valjean in France. Whatever. Yeah, this man's hung some boys, but I'm just saying, like, that's not explicitly stated here no it's not but but one can safely assume that this man hung some boys he's the hanging judge yeah you don't get that name for being a nice guy no you get that name for hanging people but i'm just saying why are we talking you know not necessarily small people yeah well here we go he may have just hung a lot of women he was thrown from his horse and broke his neck and wills come bottom (laughs) you're just making these up That place with a pit that leads directly down to hell. Huh. And that's in that's in UK? I guess. Alright. I should uh, really fill that in. Okay. After he died, an oak tree grew up there containing his spirit. Did he fall into said pit? It's just the place where the pit is. Where the exists. pit is. The place with the pit. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so after he died, a tree grew up there containing his spirit and the whole place went bad. It was so dangerous around there that the good people of Wellington decided to do something about it and lay his ghost. They sent for a conjurer. Let's go fuck the ghost. They sent for a conjurer from Waterrow to give them advice. Is the ghost is in this tree then, eh? The hedgewitch. Yeah. Yeah. He told them that the bad oak had to be uprooted and burned. So they fetched a lot of people and horses, and they looped chains of iron around the oak tree. They covered up their ears in case the tree should scream, and the horses started to strain. Maddie, hey, hey, Maddie. Hmm. 
you know that the amount that two horses can carry together is increased if those two horses are friends? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, isn't it? The power of friendship. Horse facts! It didn't work. What, the horse's friendship? Those strong iron chains snapped like twigs, and everybody ran away as fast as their legs could carry them. Three blacksmiths were called for luck to mend the chains, but nobody would take on the challenge again, until one well-respected old plowman said that if he were given ten oxen, he would be able to pull out the tree. You give that Fair. plowman some oxen, you can get that stick out of the ground there for you. I'm Australian. I don't know. He said he has seen the oxen kneeling on Christmas Eve and knew they would be protected. Sorry. Come again? I don't understand Come that again, plowman? He took the oxen, but everybody else kept well away. The old plowman took a Bible in his pocket and started bellowing out the Psalms with all the practice of a lifetime in Wellington Church, so loudly that they could be heard all the way to Wivilliscombe. Yeah? <laughs> you want to give that a go? Wildest. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Uh, that's, uh, Vivaliskum. Okay, great. <laughs> that place. Vivaliskum. He wound the chains around the oak. Then he called out to the oxen, and the oak tree came out of the ground as easily as a carrot. Plop. That's the sound carrots make when they come out of the ground, Matt? That's right. It's, they go plop. When it came out, there was a piercing scream from the tree that rang around the hills. <laughs> The plowman came. <laughs> but the plowman came out of it safe from harm, and so did the cattle. Everyone else covered their ears. Popham's ghost got out of the tree somehow before it was burned, and it hid in the woods below Wellington Hill. But it was so shaking that it didn't trouble anyone for years. They put Popham's name on his wife Amy's grave, but his body does not lie there. Local people say that every New Year's Eve, his ghost comes out from Popman's Pit. Is that the Pillow Hill? Popman's Pit in Willscombe's Bottom. Yeah. In Willscombe Bottom. Yeah. Vivis and Com. takes one cock step nearer to the grave. This is why you need to read these beforehand, Maddie. <laughs> he it's takes totally... one cock step? <laughs> is that like equivalent to, like, yeah, how far a. Delicious cock will walk until he has reached it. His soul will not rest in peace. He's sorry, but Popham's pit uh-huh. in Wilkins Bottom uh-huh. takes one cock step nearer to the grave. Yeah, I. How do I not laugh at that? I don't think anything about that's funny. Okay, I'm sorry. I I'm just really immature. I teach middle school, so up. it's my fault. I'm just really immature. Wow. How'd you like your tree tales, Tucker? That was a bunch of good wood stories, and I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them very much. I feel intellectually sated. Mm-hmm. I feel spiritually uh, rotund. Mm-hmm. And I feel excitable and aroused by how good these folk tales were. I really hated the names. They had weird names. They had bad names. And I did Dense find it... creepy cheese. It's funny that... Um, trees. Two of these, the, the one with the elder tree witch... And then this last one, both had some pretty intense end notes where it's just like, and everything that we've been discussing went about according to plan. Also, his ghost left his fucking tree body and then it went and haunted the forest. And so then it's just like all this like su- superfluous information. It's like, damn, that could have been most of this. You could have taken less time with like the horses breaking. And like, the oxen. Yeah, the I didn't really verses. care. Yeah, I did not need to know about the Bible verses. Let's spend more time on the the soul leaving the tree 
and going to be a ghost in a forest also and then the taking cock the steps. Yeah, I, well, that was good. That needed that to be That was a good one. But yeah, then like the Elden Witch one where it's just like, it turned out it was this lady and this lady and another lady from over here. But those all have more fantastic, extensive tales that we don't have time for today. And it's like, well, we could have. We could have. You took a lot of time to talk about how this man uh, got stuck in the door. (laughs) That he was stuck with his coattails in the door, like, the whole fucking time the grandma was preparing all the weaponry. He was just in the door, like, standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all great and all, but it's like, (laughs) you can cut some of that other info when we've got three witches working in tandem. And you're just going to staple that on to the end here, but. That's very good. Yeah. Well. All right. So if you have any awesome tree tales or any other tales of this sort of countryside nature, bucolic nature, that you'd like to share with us. Agrarian tales. Agrarian. Please send them to addstoryteller at gmail.com. Also, if you've ever uh, stolen corn and you've done hard time for corn theft. Yeah, corn theft. We'd like to hear your tales. Country thieves. Country bumpkin thieves. You can follow us. Maybe you've stolen soy. Maybe you're a professional soy thief. You go by the term, name Soy Boy. You're a cow doy. You ate cow doy. Put Fanta in your coffee. You Let can, us um, know. Follow us on Instagram. Tucker runs the Instagram. It's ADD Storytelling Podcast. I run it into the ground, yeah. On Instagram. You could also support our podcast through Spotify or through our website. You can like subscribe if you want. Mm-hmm. Encourage us to exist. Email us. Yeah, slide into our DMs. Yeah. It's lonely out here. Tell your friends. We like to make this podcast. We want everyone to hear it. Tell your dads. Tell your dad. We're a dad-friendly podcast. Tell your grandma. No. <laughs> I don't want grandmas listening. Or your cool lesbian aunt. Tell her. Yeah, tell your cool lesbian aunts. Yeah. Yeah, and just go about having have a good good week. Have a good week. It's, it's, it's been a little bit of a weird time. Take what joy you can. Yeah. Seize (laughs) that joy. Find that protective wood. Bring it into your house. Keep the hawthorn out. That'll fill your house with evil powers. And I'd say, Maddie, let's uh, end the the podcast with uh, just another recital of that delightful little psalm, I'll call it. And one, two, three. Hawthorn blooms and elder flowers flowers fill the house house with with evil evil powers. powers. All right, everybody. Have fun. Kiss your partner. And give each other massages. Good week. (laughs) Bye.